What kind of sounds does a sheep, a drum, and a snake make when it falls off a cliff? Welcome to Small Business Celebration. We're continuing our series on spring from COVID. And our guest this week, while well, he is seeking out or bird dogging new artists here in Tahoe. This is Small Business Celebration. Join us as we learn from successful business owners and successful business leaders about who they are, from where their business has grown, what they have learned, and where their successful business is going. I'm your host, Michael I. Roberts, and we're going to learn something that you can use today to grow a strong and profitable business. Welcome to Small Business Celebration, and our guest today is David Gordon, the co-owner of Bird Dog Arts. Welcome to Small Business Celebration. Well, thank you. And for visioneers who don't know who you are, who are you, and what is it that you do? My name is David Gordon. I'm a third generation Kern County native, um, and I run Bird Dog Arts, which is we believe a first-of-its-kind visual arts gallery that's introducing collecting fine arts to a whole new population of consumers that haven't been included before here at the Tone Outlets. Now, one of the reasons we're talking with David today is twice a year we go through and interview nonprofit organizations because there's a lot of similarities in the nonprofit world as there is in the commercial world. But this particular case is fascinating and fun because David Gordon has been in the nonprofit space for years and years and years and years and years. And he is making the reverse jump to most businesses and going from nonprofit to for-profit. Mm -hmm. And that is something that's a lot of fun and something I wanted to explore because there's a lot of you out there, a lot of visioners who are exploring something along those lines as well. And for visioners who don't know your history, you started off with the Bakersfield Museum as a volunteer? Pretty much, yes. When I finished graduate school on the East Coast, I got a master's in landscape architecture or horticulture science, I moved back to Bakersfield and uh, started doing landscape design for people, but also had a little bit of free time and I felt like it was time to give back oh. uh, from the years of being in school. Uh, so I went to the Bakersfield Museum of Art and said, hey, do you have some volunteer opportunities? And they said, yes, we do. Do you like talking about art? And I said, oh, I love talking about <laughs> art. Sure. So that's what I started doing is giving uh, tours of the museum and the different exhibits. Well, from there, after a while, the then director, Charles Myers, and their marketing director took me to lunch and said, we've got two positions here, uh, education director and operations. And uh, they said, we would love you to come work for us. And I said, I would love to do it. And so from there, I worked myself up to the assistant director. The number two position. The number two position right. and was there for 12 years and uh, feel very proud about some of the programs that are still going on there and some of the work that we all did about bringing the museum in, uh, you know, more of a conscious to Kern County. Also sprinkled through all of that, you actually continued to use your degree in landscape design and had your own business as you peppered through what you were doing for the museum. Absolutely. Um, so when I wasn't there, I was doing mostly residential design. So I was meeting clients in the morning or in the afternoon, late afternoon, 
and um, and working out with them what they would like to see as far as their residential design dreams and then I was doing you know drafting and design work outside and then trying to get some of my own painting in at the same time but you know I've I've done I think hundreds of residential designs few right. commercial like the older San Joaquin Hospital which is now Adventist Health entrance some pocket parks a uh, few parks in Button Willow places like that but mostly mostly residential and all of that Right. led you to what some may argue is a very risky proposition, <laughs> which is where we are here today. That is right. We are here at Bird Dog Arts here at Tahong. And first of all, why the name Bird Dog Arts? Well, <laughs> the name came from I heard about that name and then so when we were thinking about a name for bird dogs I wanted to make sure that people felt comfortable coming in so we decided we were going to leave the word gallery out mm. gallery sometimes means uh, it's priced over more, most people's I can't wallets. afford it I yeah mean, come on yeah when the word gallery is there and also it's intimidating people are sometimes afraid that someone might ask them a question about art right and people are very nervous about not knowing what to say sure you know and so I thought okay how can we give it a name that is comfortable kind of an equalizer I go well dogs are equalizers um, cats are wonderful but they <laughs> they do come with a different you know kind mindset, of sure. mindset so I'm like I want to do a dog lots of people uh, stop here and give their dogs a break and they, they're always walking around the tone outlets I said how about a dog and I'll, how about a bird dog a working dog because we're on a working ranch right and so we are bringing art to a whole new population the artists are bringing us art so let's have this dog bringing us something so we put a paintbrush in its mouth had it had a feeling of it coming up the hill another thing I thought well this logo would look good on a six-year-old on a shirt or a 65-year-old man on a hat right you know sure, it, it, sure. it just kind of breaks those boundaries and you touched on something that we'll talk more about in the next segment which is the perception of art and how does how does a piece of art work in your business especially if you're one of those like me who sits there and goes is this any good or what's people going to say about this and how is this going to reflect on, me, on my business and we'll talk more about that in the next segment but I want to touch on something that is very special about this gallery mm -hmm. as it yeah. were is that first of all how many rooms are here in the space we have three three rooms and they when we started this actually pre-COVID right. and then it went on hold for a while right. and then it was resurrected and we had to condense what we were going to do in about a year year and a half into six months right and so it was three different retail spaces and each retail space was around 3,500 square feet 3,500 square feet for three rooms one room Oh, okay. All right. My little house in East Bakersfield is 1,700 square feet, one story. Okay. Each room is over 20, 25 feet tall. And so we took three 3,500 square foot spaces, separate retail spaces, and opened up the walls, put 10 foot openings in each one of them. And so we have a 
If you, in, in entirety, 11,000 square foot art gallery. 11,000 square feet in a retail mall here in Tejon. Risky. But here, <laughs> that's true. It makes me laugh all the time with a little bit of craziness. But if you don't do it. And that's part of the fun, is the risk. That, that's what wakes you up and gets you going in the morning. Keeps you up sometimes. <laughs> that's true. But there's also something else that's really neat about this space is you, you mentioned there are 72 artists ish. Mm -hmm. So if, let me do the math real quick, and I, I think I have to take my shoes off mm -hmm. uh, or to use my toes, but 72 artists. Mm -hmm. We're talking anywhere between 700 to 1,000. Oh, pieces. way more than that. Yeah. Way more than that. Yeah. Way more, because I have artists, ceramic artists, that gave us, you know, smaller items. Because we have smaller priced items because we didn't want to outprice, of course, uh. our consumers. So let's say there's a ceramic artist that did some incredible vases for 300, 400, uh, and then maybe some really cool platters for, you know, 150, and then some cups for this, and then they would give me 40 or 50 smaller little items, maybe some plant sticks that had beautiful hearts on them, and those are $20. Right. So maybe there's 40 of those. Uh, and then they have to be displayed and merchandised a certain sure. way. And that's what I did. And I paired people up together to give a vision uh, or a feeling about how it might work in someone's home and, or business or as a gift, that sort of thing. Sure. If visioneers want to learn more about you and where we are here mm -hmm. at the Bird Dog Arts, how do they do that? Well, first, make the drive <laughs> out to Tejon Outlets as the rest of the world, because our market is the world, right. because it travels by here. Sure. We're the only thing, you know, the outlets are the only thing from Santa Clarita, you know, all the way to Northern California on the five. Uh, but we are at 5701 Outlets at Tejon Parkway, mm -hmm. um, and we're in space 440 here on the west side of the outlets. You can't miss this 11,000 foot crazy <laughs> space. And then um, our telephone number is 661. 847-3200. What was that number? I don't know. A good thing. Glad you asked. 661-847-3200. And our website is birddogarts.com. And my email is david.gordon at birddogarts.com. Instagram handle? It's um, at birddogarts. And if you enjoy Small Business Celebration, go ahead and like, subscribe, and notify and leave a comment. We love the comments that we get from visioners just like you. And when we come back, we're gonna delve into what kind of art best suits you and your business when we come right back. Hi, I'm John Busby with Team Busby. And over the years, many people have asked me, what price ranges do you sell? As you can see at Team Busby, we sell all price ranges, 80,000 to 2 million. It's a seller's market. If you're thinking remotely of selling your home, now's the time to sell it. There's buyers that are on the fence, some of them not even thinking about selling. When I show them the values of today's market, they say, oh my gosh, I should put on the market now. When you call my team, Team Busby, you get a voice, not a voicemail. 410-SELL, 410-7355. We're here with David Gordon, the co-owner of Bird Dog Arts, and our visionary question comes from Anissa who asks, I want to integrate more of the art community into the feel of our business but I don't know where to start. How do I engage artists that will help me create an enticing environment for our office space? Go out and, and 
and participate with the arts community. Mm. You know, find a good place to start is an art association. We have one in Bakersfield, Bakersfield Art Association. You could start there. Um, go to things like our first Friday mm -hmm. uh, and um, attend things at the Bakersfield Museum of Art. Immerse oneself. Ah. So you start to get a vocabulary, you start to see who's working in it, what they're doing, and get a feel for what someone might like. You know, mm -hmm. if I'm looking for something and I haven't done that before, to see what I gravitate to and who I like talking to. You know, they're, they're big social events and you can kind of feel out, you know, who's, who you gravitate to and, sure. and understand and start talking that way. Ah. But just going out and being in it, you know, and it should be a fun thing. If someone's looking forward to doing that in their business or home, right. you know, it, you, we're not uh, cleaning bathrooms or anything like that. We're going out and talking about <laughs> art and maybe there's a glass of wine. Maybe there's, you know, refreshments. That's kind of a cool thing to do. You sure. know, you go do it for a few hours and go, oh, I'm looking at art. I'm at a place in my life that... You know, you have that, that pyramid of things that we need to feel comfortable, to right. survive in life, you know, roof over our head, food. And if you're at the point of you're ready to look at art and uh, secure, you're in a really good place. How does one go through and pick the right piece of art for their home, for their business, something that they'll appreciate and they know that customers, clients, friends, they too will also appreciate? It's what you like, ah. you know, it's what, what speaks to you. Mm. And also without excuses to anybody else. This is, this is what I like, this, and this is why I like it. Mm. You know, it reminds me of a memory. It feels like a breeze I, I felt, you know, during a difficult time then I was on the beach and I, I felt better. It, it's something that I leave the house every day and I go, I can, t I can take on today's challenges. It's that sort of thing. It gives you the ability to tell a story. Mm -hmm. It gives you the ability to relate to somebody else. And if nothing else, start a conversation. Right, and continue living your own story. But all this experience that you've had has come at a cost. This has not been a walk in the park for you. you you've gone through and you've been able to handle this because of some of the challenges that you've had in your work with the with Bakersfield Museum of Art and later on. But you have worked on that through meditation. Yeah, yes, I, it is. And, and curating this space you know, comes from years of design. Design is design is design. Right. You know, whether or not you're, someone is putting together what happens on a coffee table all the way to you know, the design of an automobile, and then the function is in there too. But um, yeah, my time at the museum, I could not have done this without my time at the museum. I couldn't have done this without my time at the Arts Council or my own being an artist and a painter um, and, and landscape design and dealing with clients, donors, all of that sort of thing. You know, here at Bird Dogs, we're not a big corporation. So like a nonprofit, funds are limited. So we, you know, there's no, I can't do that. It's, right. I will do that with, <laughs> uh, just put it on the list, you know, sure. everything else, because it's just not the staff or the funds. And so my meditation has helped that. And also, you know, the two big things that happened in my life, one is I quit drinking, because mm. that was um, almost nine years ago. And almost there, thank you very much. And so that came at a point where I had to make a life decision about, and actually my body 
made that decision, well, told me to make that decision. <laughs> and, you know, and so I really listened to that and, um, and, and made that decision and I was also ready to make that decision, mm. you know. I, before that, if someone's not ready, someone's not ready. I wasn't ready for many years, and it showed. It didn't matter what someone said. And there were times in my professional life when I wasn't ready to take on something, and then went another opportunity, and I was there. And we need to recognize, I think, when we're ready to do something, right. you know, and, and that challenge is, could be taken on. Might not always succeed the first time. <laughs> and then I also did, I like to do certain challenges to see if I can make it through something. And so I had a board member at the Arts Council of Kern that used to go to silent retreats, I'm sure the shield does, and learned how to meditate. And I'm like, well, what's the initial? They said 10 days, silence, and you learn how to meditate. Wait, you're not allowed to talk mm -mm. for 10 days? Mm -mm. And wow. you're around 100, there were about 100 men and 100 women. It's called Vipassana, and they have these centers all around the world. Right. And it took me about three years to finally say yes to do it. It was purely challenge. I wanted to see if I could do it. Right. I didn't really care about meditating. And so I signed up and went, and for 10 days, learned this meditation process. And actually, the no talking part was the easiest, because there were so many other things that we did as a group in silence and individual that far outweighed the challenge of not talking. You know, we sat on the ground 10 and a half hours a day. And I'll tell you what, your back starts telling you you're sitting on the ground eight <laughs> hours a day. But what it taught me was after not drinking, this was the second most valuable thing that it taught me was that to learn how to let emotions rise up and pass on, pass away, die down, and not to make decisions in emotional state. Because mm -hmm. once I make a decision in an emotional state, it's usually the wrong decision, and then I have to make another em decision, and it's usually an emotional state, to make up for that decision, and it becomes this horrible snowballing effect. Once I learn to sit still and let the emotions rise up as they always will, because that's kind of a species thing for safety. When something comes up and it, you know, when we were cave people and something rose up and scared us, we escaped so that we would survive. Sure. We don't necessarily have to do that now all the time as right. we did then. And so when those emotions rise up, they pass away. Then I see if I need to make a decision. 90% of the time, don't have to make a decision. But if I do, then I rely on three things. A clear mind, strong morals, love, compassion, goodwill. If, which what, is- what, what were those three again? It is a clear mind, strong morals, whatever those mean to somebody, and love, compassion, and goodwill. Love, compassion, and goodwill. Right. And if I make all my decisions there, which is a lifelong practice, <laughs> um, then my, decisions will be consistent and they don't have to be justified to anybody. They just are. And as I continue to do that, old patterns and old feelings start to loosen up within and um, bad ties or ill, you know, that kind of yuck that we have over time. Right. The gunk that's in the bottom of the sink or in the pipes starts to loosen up and leaves. Mm. And the longer I practice that, the cleaner my internal system becomes. And that, with not abusing a substance, has made it possible for me to do this. And we'll be right back.
The reason we're here with David Gordon here at Bird Dog Arts is because of a visioneer question that came from a visioneer just like you. They wanted to find out more about art, the community, and is there a business in the world of art? And that's why we're here. So if you've got a question, you've got a thought, something you'd like to learn about or someone you'd like to learn from, let us know. Reach out to us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram and let us know because it's viewers like you, visioneers like you, who give us guidance on what you want to learn. So reach out to us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram today. We're here with David Gordon, the co-owner of Bird Dog Arts, and our visioner question comes from Marcus who asks, I want to engage investors in the vision of our business to take it to the next level. How do I do that? Very simple believe in what you're doing. Okay. Um, as I mentioned before, you can't pull the wool over anyone's eye about artwork, whether or not you did the work or it's believable so the person could take on where you left off. Mm -hmm. The same thing goes with getting investors or sponsors or anything like that. I, when I started the Kern County Plain Air Festival, which was a painting festival and it hadn't been done before in Kern County, I had to believe in what I was doing. Right because I had to introduce it, I had to sell it, and then leave it at the feet of sponsors so that they can pick it up and then fund it, right. sponsor it. And if I didn't believe it, they weren't gonna pick it up. And they can read it. Oh, they can sniff it because, you know, the people I'm asking get asked a lot. Sure. You know, they, they are the yasked. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and having, and having those relationships, it's also a relationship to be able to even get in the door to talk to someone, that right. they will give their time because they know what's coming, right. you know. And so it was a lifetime of being in the arts, which is something I believed in too. So there's belief at different levels, belief in the bigger picture so that the components uh, that make the bigger picture work are something that we believe in too. Now. We've talked a little bit about the name Bird Dog Arts, mm -hmm. but you also have how many dogs? Four. Four, and, and yes. what kind of dogs are they? We have a little, uh, we call it East Baker Seal Chihuahua because all East Baker Seal <laughs> Chihuahuas are the same color. Okay. And uh, so that's Dougie. We have uh, Rhonda, who is a miniature pincher that came from the pound, and dogs get diabetes, I found out. Really? So, yes. Lay off the kibble. I know, my gosh, I didn't know that. So, and then we have two dachshunds, um, Eunice and Dexter, and they're getting a little bit up there in their herd years, but they have taught us a lot, uh, Robert and I, and, and they are, they, they are, as irritating as they can be as a herd, uh, equally as loving and give us back. And I know we irritate the heck out of them. We don't always give them their food on time. Rhonda looks sideways when it's time to get a shot. You know, it, it, you know the irritation and love, as any long-term relationship has, goes both ways. Sure. Oh, we get the side glances from them all the time. <laughs> and what have you learned in dealing with people, especially here at Bird Dog, that you've learned from your dogs? Um, one thing is treat with respect and love and they and what we and that is what we do and they give us a lot back from that and the other thing that they really do is they protect us mm. and 
you know, we've had sheriffs stop by and they have said that those four dogs, those little yappers behind that fence, the best deterrent from any sort of home invasion, anything like that, are those dogs. And so we protect them. We've given them a home. We've given them one or two sofas. <laughs> and, um, and in turn, they don't want to let that go and they protect us. And they let us know, I mean, within miles if someone has shut a car door that they're not used to. And they make sure that other people know that this is their place, that it's protected. And people will do that for you. You know, people will stand up for you when you protect them, are true to them, if you're not around and someone may be, oh, bird dogs are, you know, I didn't get a certain service. Well, if we have those people out there, they become our advocates and go, oh, it must have been a bad day. You know, D David uh, would do this or, or Wendy, our assistant here, would do this. And they will start to protect you. And a lot of that comes with doing what you say. You know, oh yeah, a lot of people say, well, I'll take in this stray dog because it's wonderful. But you know, that comes with, you've got to feed, you've got to water, you've got to get lots of attention and that sort of thing. You have to do those things. And if we do what we say, people will believe in us and protect us. You have worked with the Bakersfield Museum of Art, the Kern County Arts Council. You have your successful landscape design business. And now you've opened up with your partners, Bird Dog Arts, what have you to say to business owners, especially those that are near three, four, five of their business, whose business isn't growing as fast or as quickly as they would like it to? Part of it for me is having some ears to lean on. You know, my partners, the other two partners are not in Kern County, they're on the East Coast. Mm. And so they have told me, hey, you always have a line to call. You know, don't sit in it by yourself. Mm. Uh, let it out. Don't let those demons get in there and play the what ifs. You know, they can help reel me in into being more present. Um, what can I do today? You know, what can I do today to further the vision of this? Do I need to do something physical? Do I need to hang some paintings? Do I need to make some calls? Do I need to take a walk around the block? What do I, can I do right now to break that you know, that voice that we, I think we all have that can get too much. Mm. And so a lot of times for me, it's something physical like moving some artwork or reorganizing a section because if my hands are going and my mind has to go into that kind of design thing, it'll, it, it is a positive thing. It's endorphins, and then I feel like I'm producing something, and, there's, and it pushes out those negative things. Mm. And so it keeps the ball going forward, whereas if I sit in it and think, you know, my what-ifs again about, you know, two weeks, three weeks in the future, nothing gets done. And then it's harder for me. You know, something in motion stays in motion. If visioneers want to get in touch with you, mm -hmm. how do they do that? I love people come see the gallery. Okay, and we're, what and is the address here? It's 5701 um, Outlets at Tahone Parkway. Uh -huh. And people see pictures of this online, but they don't understand. And, they've, and I've said, people told me this, they go, I didn't get it till I walked in here. <laughs> that's you know? true. I am one of those. And that's why I always lead with, come see it. You know, become a believer in this place. Uh, and then also our telephone number is 661-847-3200.
661-847-3200. And my email is david.gordon at birddogarts.com. Birddogarts.com is our website and at birddogarts Instagram. Sounds good. Well, David, thank you very much for joining us here on Small Business Celebration. Mm -hmm. And I'll be right back with my final thought. Hi, I'm John Busby with Team Busby. And over the years, many people have asked me, what price ranges do you sell? As you can see at Team Busby, we sell all price ranges, 80,000 to 2 million. It's a seller's market. If you're thinking remotely of selling your home, now's the time to sell it. There's buyers that are on the fence, some of them not even thinking about selling. When I show them the values of today's market, they say, oh my gosh, I should put on the market now. When you call my team, Team Busby, you get a voice, not a voicemail. 410-SELL, 410-7355. Lead the life you want. The other day I was having breakfast with a friend of mine. She's a business owner and she's got a bubbly personality and she's very good at what she does. And she's helping a lot of great business owners achieve the visions and the dreams and the goals they have for their businesses. And we were talking about business and life and all kinds of great wonderful things. And she's got a major business decision that she has to make on her own. And we talked about this decision and talked about the pros and the cons and as we spoke it began to dawn on me that the root of the problem was she didn't know where she wanted her business to go in three years five years ten years 15 I know there's a lot of business owners right now where the economy starting to pick up and things are starting to get really busy but now is also the time to think about where is your business heading? Where do you want your business to go and look like three years, five years, 10 years, 15 years down the road? What is the kind of business, what kind of life do you want to lead? Once you know that, everything else is a much easier decision to make. I hope you enjoyed our conversation today with David Gordon, the co-owner of Bird Dog Arts, and I hope you learned something that you can use to grow a strong and profitable business, and we'll see you here again next week. Thank you for listening to the Small Business Celebration Podcast. Some of today's music was brought to you by Ted Hammond, and you might find more of Ted's music at ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. That's ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. If you enjoyed this episode and gained some insight from it for your business, subscribe to the Small Business Celebration Podcast at iTunes.com forward slash Small Business Celebration and give us a five-star review. Also, if there's a business you'd like us to interview, reach out to us on LinkedIn and Facebook and let us know. Until next time, I'm your host, Michael Roberts of the Small Business Celebration Podcast, and we wish you a strong and profitable business.